Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, everybody. It is another episode of the Pirates podcast to be named later. I am Eddie Provident. With me, as always, is Alex Stump. Alex, we've got a lot of, uh, it's actually a lot of talk about today, uh, and it's not all, I don't think any of it's bad. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, funny things I think it's all good stuff get, today. Funny things happen whenever you get to, you know, just tee off against <laughs> maybe the worst team in the American League for a series. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well, uh, yeah, they, they look good. They have, they, they, they look good for three games. Um, I'm going to play dealer's choice here. We we had two two topics lined up, and I'm going to let you pick which one we go with to start. Uh, let's start with the manager, because I, I think that's the big thing that's coming out right now. Uh, All right. Talk to Ben Charrington. He, this road trip, is made available to the traveling media. And I asked him straight up, like, hey, last year, about this time, you made a pretty, you know, firm vote of confidence for Derek Shelton as your manager. And the Pirates, they were just out of the trade deadline. A second 100 loss season looked to be on the table. That obviously ended up happening. It was one of those. But then at that point, like squashed any, is Derek Shelton's job going to be in jeopardy talks before they even happened? And he said, no, he's our guy for 2023. So I asked, you know, do you still have the same vote of confidence? You could read the article on DK Pittsburgh Sports. It's all free to read now, so I don't feel guilty, you know, saying <laughs> any of that. Uh, <laughs> you gave the full answer, but the one, the million dollar one, was after the answer. I'm like, hey, just so there's no, you know, nothing is lost in translation. Do you expect him to be the manager in 2024? And he said, yes, full expectation, yes. That's a quote right there to wrap it up. So Eddie, it comes down to. Two trains of thought, because I, I do see people who complain a lot about Derek Shelton, the manager, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I personally think he's done a pretty good job with what he's been getting. And that, I think for the first I'm couple years, you. that was a lot of Yu Changs and, and Ildemar Vargas's and, and Josh Van Meters and Heath Hembrys and just garbage. This, whatever I say, what he's given here 
it's a little bit of a different context whenever we can look at mm-hmm. some of these young players who are coming up. And no, it hasn't always been smooth, but you do see someone like Leo Ripigero, who, you know, he's seemed to hold his own in the major leagues. Andy Rodriguez, not saying this is a final product by any means, but like no. this is what's really going to determine if he is a successful manager, if this rebuild is successful. I think he's done that. He's kept the clubhouse. So with what he's been given, this has really been the first year that he's been even given, in, in, in my opinion, even a semi-competent major league roster. And I don't think that's, you know, I don't think anyone's going to, you, you know, I think that's very me, fair. Crucify no. for me to say that for a team that lost a hundred games twice and had the worst record in baseball in the, in the COVID season. So I don't know. That's where I am with it in general. I think, this is the first real time he's been given a, a chance. And if you want to look at whenever those kids have come up, they've played above average ball for half a season or a quarter of a season. I'm, uh, my apologies. That's a good sign going forward. So I agree with everything you said, and I'm even going to take back some things that I've said previously this season. Um, <clears throat> I know that I was pretty difficult on him about how he's handled pitchers. Uh, not letting, in particular, Mitch Keller go, uh, you know, go longer into games. I think that this season, seeing how Mitch Keller has gone, I, I think that um, with him being an All Star and you know, he he hit a little bit of a rough patch, but I think overall, Derek Sheldon has been proven right in how he's handled Mitch Keller. I think that him letting Johan Oviedo the other night finish a complete game shutout was a huge vote of confidence for a young guy and a a very needed piece in that rotation. I think that I've probably been too difficult on him in how I, you know, how he's handled the pitching staff, Um, especially given everything that you just said that it, it hasn't always been a competent major league roster or rotation. Uh, I, you know, we forget about this sometimes, but in baseball, they're not called coaches. They're called managers. And I think they're called managers for a reason. Reason They're not only supposed to manage a game, but they're supposed to manage a team. They're, they're managing a clubhouse. And I see growth off of the baseball field from this baseball team. I see, especially every, all of the young guys that you mentioned, I see growth in a lot of these guys. I see trust being built between Derek Shelton and these young players. And if that's the case, I think it's a better environment for them to grow as players and as people than it is to find somebody new and have to have them start all over again. So yeah, I, I actually, again, for a change, I'm, I'm with Derek, I'm with Ben Charrington here. And I, I think that Derek Shelton should be the guy moving forward, at least to start next season. And then you see where it goes from there. I also am excited to see him next season because I do think, assuming Cruz is healthy, we'll get into Key Brian Hayes, but you know Hayes and Reynolds and uh, Piguero, like you know, you mentioned him, a couple of pitchers that that I think are starting to find their confidence. I'm excited to see what Derek Shelton can do with a roster that has a lot of raw talent. Can he can he help that? gel together? Can he find, to use a Tomlin word, can he find some cohesion for these kids? Or is it just going to be a mess again and then we're back at square one? So I think at least for the, at the very minimum, the start of the season, I'm with you. I think he should be the guy. You mentioned something that I, and we'll get back on track here, but 
something I want to bring up that you just glossed it over here. The, the Oviedo complete game. Mm-hmm. Not to take anything away from Oviedo. Like that, that was an amazingly pitched game. That's one of the best pitch games I yeah. have covered, you know, on this beat. And it, it, look, I've written a lot about him. I think very highly of him. I think he's part of this rotation going forward. But it was, I agree. for me, almost the story of the game was Andy Rodriguez just in the clubhouse, in the dugout. Like, no, he's good. Let's go. Let's go. And Shelton admitting, like, you know, young catchers feeling it. And Shelton's a former catcher. He knows yeah. that's, that's an important position that you got to lead on the diamond. He really pushed Jacob Stallings his first two years to be one of those team captains, be one of those leaders. Austin Hedges was someone else who was kind of given that, you know, that nudge. And I, I see that with, you know, Andy right now. Andy is obviously, you know, one of the most <laughs> liked guys in that clubhouse. I don't yeah. know how anyone can dislike that young man. So it's, it's, I like that. And that's part of the reason why whenever we talk to Derek Shelton as the manager, I like that, that he has the sound reasoning of he's at 97 pitches through weight. We already have seen, you know, a bit of a dip of velocity these last couple starts. You know, we want Johan to be able to go, you know, make 30, 31, two starts, you know, this year. It's important for us. There's a laundry list of reasons why not. But as a player manager like that, I think that was a really important moment. It's something that I don't know if, 2022 Derek Shelton would have done or 2021 Derek Shelton would have done or, yeah, or anything. I, 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 I don't think, think he would have. Yeah. So whenever we talk about having a manager who can lead these young players, I think that's an example, a real subtle thing right there of trusting the clubhouse, trusting the room, trusting your guys. And yeah, it was batter by batter. If he gave up a hit or two, hey, sorry, Johan, we gave you a shot. Yeah. But the fact that he gave him that yeah, shot and, and Johan Oviedo came through, I think that's going to be one of the more impactful wins, you know, whenever we look back on this year. No, I agree a hundred percent. And I, I think management is a lot of leadership and leadership doesn't stay stagnant. And one thing that, you know, you can say about Derek Shelton is he has, I think grown as this team has grown and he's changed to be what this team needs. You know, like you said, 2021, 2022, Derek Shelton probably doesn't let Oviedo finish that game. But 2023, Shelton listens to Endy. He sees what's going on and he adapts. And I think that that's good because I think that now next year, if this team takes the next step, like everybody hopes and expects them to, I think that they're going to go the way Shelton goes. I think that that, you know, and I, and I, everything that I have seen from Shelton leads me to believe that he'll be able to get this team to that next step. Will I be proven right? I don't know, but I, you know, again, he's got my vote of confidence for whatever that's worth. Yeah. And just to touch uh, some things here with Shelton and the coaching staff before we wrap up this first segment, this maybe wasn't that much of a shock considering that he got an extension before the year started mm-hmm. or they had a deal mostly in place by the time the first week of the season was done. And they just built off of that. Uh, my understanding, it's not, you know, it wasn't a long-term extension. Like this first deal was a four-year deal. This one isn't like to my understanding. I mean, it obviously covers 2024. Uh, I don't have exact parameters, but just like the vibe I'm getting is, 
it, it won't go beyond 2020. It, it's not beyond 2025 if there even is a 2025. Mm-hmm. I, it's a one-year deal or a two-year deal or one year with an option, you know, type of deal. So it's not like a long, it's still very much a prove-it type of deal, you know, but just, you know, with a little more security of, hey, mm-hmm. we, we like the pr- path, we appreciate the path. And I think that applies to the rest of the coaching staff as well. I mean, no decisions have been, you know, officially made. There are going to be conversations at the end of the year between Charrington and Hayne, or I'm sorry, and Ed Shelton. <laughs> I, I'm a step ahead. So whatever comes to Maureen and Hayne, uh, nothing, you know, absolutely set in stone yet. Uh, the way Charrington talked in Kansas City, I, I by the cut and the jib, some of the things that he said, uh, I, I, I would expect Oscar's job to be pretty safe. I mean, things that they really care about, he has seen improvement in as, as a team. Haynes, I can't say as definitively, but I can say, you know, just conversations that I had, you know, this past off season, it was very much this guy did not get a fair shake, you know, in 2022 because of COVID and, and the personnel. Uh, we're going to see how much that applies for 2023, but all year I've kind of been saying live cues and you know, stuff like that. It's like, you know, when are they firing Haynes? And I've always been like, who says they're firing Andy Haynes? I mean, there's nothing definitive here. I mean, it's, it is what it is kind of. So I, I, I don't know if anything is again, nothing is 100% set in stone here is, is going to be the main thing here, but short term extension for the manager Team is still, unless they go 20 and 8, going to have a losing record. <laughs> if this hey, they went 20 and 8 in April. If they, finish, <laughs> if they start and finish 20 and 8, that's just objectively hilarious at that point. Like, you can't even be mad. You can't even be mad at that point. So it's figure it out. Some, maybe there's some changes on the coaching staff. I don't know, but I kind of get the feeling that at least on the pitching side, they're going to run through. Hitting side, we're going to see a little more. But again, all year it's been kind of like, uh, I, 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 and again, that's not a knock on Haynes. I've, I've, maybe I guess as far as journalistically goes, maybe cross the line a little bit of like Haynes' apologist of just like some of the accusations. It's like, well, no, that's not true. That's not true or anything. <laughs> and it's not like this huge deal if, you know, a player goes to an outside, you know, source, you know, for, for some extracurricular instruction which is what happened, you know, for for one of these key players. We're going to talk about it in segment two here about the revival of Cabrian Hayes' bat. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as um, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. 
Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, as Alex alluded to, Brian Hayes found his baseball bat. Um, I believe he's batting three. He batted three twenty for the month month of August. Um, he's got his season average up to uh, two sixty nine, two seventy, um, seven twenty five OPS, I think, and uh, respectable numbers. Eleven homers on the season. He's had two or three in the last couple game in the last five or six games. Brian Hayes looks like he's uh, he's comfortable at the at the plate. Alex, uh, what what's the uh, what's the epiphany here? I mean, let's let's before we go. There's one stat I have to bring up for those of you who aren't really in the analytics community. Baseball Reference has a stat called OPS Plus, and if you know OPS, okay. it it takes that your offensive output, including on base percentage, slugging, and you know the area you're in, and your home ball, ballpark, and how much of your OPS is slugging and how much is OBP and it, you know, rounds it up where 100 is a league number. And Hayes, at the time of this recording, on Thursday evening, <laughs> on August 31st, in the year of our Lord, 2023, has a 102 OPS plus. So he is, by definition, having an above average offensive season, which if you watch those first two months of the year, boy, oh boy, yes, that didn't look like a... And now that brings me... That brings me back to a conversation you and I had back in April. Where do we place Key Brian Hayes with an above average bat in the NL uh, power rankings of third baseman? I mean, again, I'm going to just go straight to war here. I want to make sure I have it right. 100 games played, 3.3 war. 3.3, right? Yeah. And that's with missing basically a month because of a study today, man. Yeah, you are ready to go. I have. I just have the tab ready to go here. Three point three WAR with missing a, a month of the season. Like if he was fully healthy, and yeah, you can roll your eyes at that. Even if he's semi healthy the rest of the way, he, he plays like he has. You know, as a season, like just as an average batter, or whatever. We're talking about a four win season. Mm-hmm. And if he didn't miss that month to the IL, it could have been five WAR. Like he's. I, I think people still don't like that. You know, most of the, his value is stuff that you can't see, you know, on the back of the baseball card. But like, I, I think this guy is one of the top third basemen in the league. I mean, how many third basemen are going to finish with four point something war? I don't think a whole lot. So that's, I think that's a, a feather in his cap. This has been something that's been going on for a while. I mean, this, this recent hot star right now, he's, he's ramped it up to 11 and, you know, some of that is he's uh, been talking and with uh, John Nunnally, who he, you know, worked with at the alternate training site in, in 2020, right mm-hmm. before he broke through. And obviously everyone knows September, 2020 Hayes was the best version. <laughs> like that, that's the best month we've seen from him. That's right. one of the best months we've ever seen from a Pirates rookie. So it, it was more just, you know, 
they had conversations. Hayes was looking at film, you know, Nunnally was looking at film. They have, you know, it's just talks. It's just finding someone to trust that you go through. But I don't think it's as simple as that. I don't think it's as simple as that. And this is something that really began in the month of June. And if you want to look at Hayes's OPS from May 31st, if you want to, you want to call it stats gerrymandering, that's fine. But May 31st, he has an over 900 OPS. So whenever we're talking about, oh, he's only having two or three good weeks, it's like, no, he's having two good months. Like that means yeah. something. Like if Hayes has a 900 OPS for the whole season, not saying it's going to happen, but if he were to have a 900 OPS over a whole season, I think this guy is an MVP candidate with, with what he brings. <laughs> yeah. And, and like for two months, this guy has been, whenever he's been on the field, arguably the best player on this team. Like that, that means a lot. There's a reason why this guy was given that big extension. And I, I, two things that I'm, I'm just going to throw out here that I don't know if I've put in writing at any point. I heard that whenever they were considering the Hayes extension back in 2022, mm-hmm. one, one person in the organization was, was asked what they thought, you know, because you got, you got to take the temperature of a whole lot of people here. And they, they said, well, you got to sign him now because you're not going to be able to sign him whenever he starts hitting. And like, it's, it's a leap of faith. And obviously we're still only talking about two months whenever instead of like two years or whatever, like if he, there's still a long way to go or at least a way to show you can maintain it. I guess I should say. Yeah. Like maintaining and consistency is a huge part of this, but Everyone knows this bat is in there, and the fact that he's consistently getting his contact point out in front, the fact that he's consistently driving the ball in the air and pulling it, there it's why he's having this great success right now. In that June conversation, I, I will also say, Haynes and him kind of had a pretty good heart-to-heart from what I heard, like right before things got started mm-hmm. up here. So like whatever people were just like, it's 100% John Nunnally and Haynes had nothing to do with it. I, I don't, that that's not the case. If, if you're willing to look yeah. at whenever that OPS started to, whenever he started to, you know, figure things out in June, which is something that Derek Shelton, you know, went on record saying like this started in June and the numbers are since June have been really fantastic. That's where it started. Now, and now nothing against Nunnally. I, I really think very highly of Nunnally. I mean, whenever Jared Kruger and I did this podcast a lot, we, and we talked about Altoona. We both think that he is a fine coach, and I, I would like to see him get a major league opportunity in some capacity as a coach. Mm. I, I think that would make sense to Adam. I mean, he's coached a lot of these guys before. So, and then I'm going to let you get a word in here, Eddie, because I <laughs> – You're good. You're good, buddy. I, I, they're here to hear you, man. Yeah, but that's I, – I think it did start a little bit with, with Haynes. Now, did Haynes take it the whole way? No, but, like, it doesn't always have to be the major league coaches. And I think this is a team and a staff that gets it that are pretty open that if Mitch Keller goes to tread and he finds his fastball velocity, that's fine. They don't have – the Pirates coaching and development conversations I've had for years now, it's not always we've got to be the one that gets you right. It's, we just need you to be right. If we have to share credit with someone else, if someone else comes in and they fix you and you just tell us what you're doing and we know where to look and we have a cheat sheet, we'll live with that if you have the good OPS. It's fine. We do not care. We just want good baseball players. 
Go, go, buddy. Go. So, I can keep going all day. I can do the well, whole thing. I, I, right, but well, I, I have another question for you. So I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm turning it right back to you. It, let's say that Key Brian Hayes. Let's just say, say, sake of argument, you know, he keeps his batting average. Obviously, I don't think that it's going to be anything, you know, 320 for the rest of the season. I think that's a little outrageous to ask for. But let's say he's in the 290 range, right? And and he manages to get his season average in the 280 range, okay, by by the end of the season. I, I realize that the Gold Glove is a defensive is a defensive award, but I feel like his bat has held him back some from getting the attention. Maybe not you know, the votes, but getting the attention that's needed to put him in that conversation. Now that he has a respectable bat, above average bat, do you think that he gets a fair shake at a goal, you know, at a golden glove vote this year? Or, you know, uh, does he have a chance to win the award? Because honestly, I still think he's a better defensive third baseman than any other third baseman in the NL. I mean, he's def- I mean, he, even if the bat didn't come through, he'd have a shot. He's just that talented defensively. But right. the way, if people aren't sure of how it works, the way gold glove voting works is a percentage of it is strictly cold, hard analytics from the Sabre uh, community, mm-hmm. which, you know, good, that should be a part of this. And the other half of it, or it is still more than half, uh, is from coach vote. And who are the coaches going to vote for? They're going to vote for the guys, you know, that really stick out. And everything. So, like, uh, and, and that's the thing. Like, if you're batting and, and, 215, 220, you don't stick out. If you're batting 280, 290, now all of a sudden your name gets out there and you get a little bit more recognition. You remember, like, man, Hayes just killed us that series. He hit two doubles. And oh my God, you remember those plays that he made? You know, he two yeah. was left. Like, oh man. So, that that's the type of thing that you remember. So, yeah, I, I do think, as stupid as it sounds, Helping the bat does help the gold glove candidacy. I will also say that I think this is not a slouch on Nolan Arenado or or McMahon in Colorado. I, I think Hayes is the best defensive third baseman in, in the game, and I think he's been ever since he's come up, you know, through the to the majors. Like, I get that it didn't happen in 2020. He missed half the year. I get that it didn't happen in 2021. He missed a third of the year because of injuries. But I, I still think that he should have won in 2022, and it for a lesser extent, the, the, the fielding, the fielding glove, the fielding Bible award, giving it to Arenado whenever Hayes had more defensive runs state saved, just never felt, just never sat right of like, you guys are supposed to be the strictly analytics point here. And you're, you're admitting you're not going with the guy with the best analytics. No, granted, Arenado's analytics defensively are off the charts. It, like in any, any, any other position, he would win, you know, for it. Mm-hmm. Like it, there's a case to be made that like two of the top three or so defensive players in the league play third base in the National League Central. So <laughs> that, yeah, that, it makes it difficult to go through. I think Arenado still has the reputation, and I don't know if Hayes will win a gold glove just because of that reputation of just coaches, just so it's instilled of like, well, Nolan Arenado is the best defensive third baseman in the league. Maybe it does change, though. And if it's not 2023, 2024, I, I do think that the year that it's finally not Arenado, it's Hayes. I mean, if, if Hayes is I, healthy, I hope you're right. And it, it, Arenado does not win a gold glove. I would be pretty surprised if it's not Hayes. Even if it's a couple years from now. 
Let's take one more quick break, and I've got one more question for you. I'll put you on the spot again, but I got one more question for you. Alex, so we talked about the end of the year and hoping that Key Brian Hayes can somehow pull off something with a gold glove. I think that would just be a nice, just a nice thing for Pirates fans and the city of Pittsburgh in general, just to have something to hang their hats on um, for this baseball season because it started off so promising. And, you know, maybe I was sipping the North Shore Kool Aid a little bit, <laughs> but, um, it, it, you know, when they were 20 and eight. And you did try to bring me down to earth and I wasn't having none of it. <laughs> um, but maybe I, I, how did this is my, I, I want to see what you think about this. So unless there is an absolute catastrophe, they're not going to lose a hundred games this season. They're at 61 wins. Yeah. Yeah. They're at 61 wins. Unless there's an absolute catastrophe that's beyond anything the pirates can do. Everyone's getting fired <laughs> if they lose 100 years. <laughs> 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 so uh, my original sorry my cat is uh deciding he wants to look in the window um <laughs> we're gonna get a so in the yeah <laughs> so assuming okay let's go back to my my uh record prediction was 77 or 78 wins okay your record prediction i believe was 72 or 74 I I can't remember if I said 70 or 72. All right. We'll go with 72 since we both said 72 is an option. We'll just go with 72. So 72, 78. I think right now yours is more likely. Do they get to the 70 win mark? And what in your mind is the win total to make this season not a complete uh, meltdown after how it started? I mean, they've got... Well, let's do some back of the envelope math here. There, they have twenty. They're sixty-one and seventy-three. They have twenty-eight games remember remaining this year. Yep. So, so five hundred ball the rest of the way. I think if you do that, that's that's fourteen and fourteen. Yeah, that'd be what seventy-five wins. If you do that, that would be with the young kids coming up almost half the year, not quite half the year of playing 500 baseball. And you just write off like, yeah, it was in April where everything clicked. And then just uh, May and June, whenever, you know, the wheels fell off and some injuries happened, but you know, you, you, you basically hold your hat high of good start out of the gate. Stuff happened. Then whenever things went full youth movement, they, they held their own. I think that would be, I, I mean, whenever you start 20, All right. so finishing with a losing record still is yeah. still not what you want. It's, it's, but I think that's the, okay, live with that. That's a head start, a head of steam for 2024. Okay. So in, if I would have came to you in March, so no, I was going to win 75 question. games. I'm not answering the question. <laughs> no, but wait, wait. Because if I would tell you that they were going to win 70, right, but if I was going to tell you that they would win 75 games with O'Neill Cruz being out for the major, major, major part of the season, 
I think anybody would have taken that. Yeah, but and so April happened. The, the only difference is yeah, but, the, but here's the thing. They sat on their hands and made only the only difference. Prospects. If they would have called up all these prospects, I'm not saying they were going to play 500 ball the rest of the way, but if they would have in May, this team would still be in contention, and they wouldn't have sold off players at the trade deadline. I, I agree. Listen, I agree. I agree with you 100. percent But my but w- my thing is this: it just so happened that their hot month was April. If they went 20 and eight in June, right? And they went 10 and 20 in, in April or 10 and 18 in April. Nobody would be talking about this as a complete and total meltdown. Right. So if you just take it month to month, like, yeah, they had a, a really rough May and June and they should have did everything that you just said. I, I just want to maybe pump the brakes a little bit on how we talk about this team in a negative light, because I do think that there is some reason for optimism for 2024 with all these young guys. This is going back to raw talent. And I don't want to relitigate conversations we had already in the, in the, in the episode. There is a lot of raw young talent on this baseball team. That's going to be on the field in 2024 and I'm I'm not going to be shocked if this team is fighting for a playoff spot this time next year. It's to me, it, there's a lot to be excited about about the Pirates. If you can remove yourself from what happened in May, I think that there is a lot to be excited about. If they go 500, I'm not saying it has to be exactly 500, but roughly 500. But for round numbers. 500, you go 14 and 14, you, your last 67 games, you go 34 and 33, and you hold your hat up high saying, you know, for almost the second half of the season with a younger roster, you played winning baseball. That's the reason for optimism. But as the year as a whole, you got to look at it as a year as a whole. And that's something that Ben Charrington said. So it's not like I'm, you know, putting words that you got to look at the year as a whole too. Year as a whole too. Some of it is because of injuries. I'm going to give that as an out. A lot of it is because of injuries, but it feels like there is meat left on this belt. This could have been a bigger year. This was a year that even two, three years ago, I personally thought like 2023, this team, whenever these young players come up, they can be a competitive group. And whenever those young players did come up, like I said, winning baseball for a quarter of the season, that is, doesn't mean nothing like that or that means something however wait double negative to make that it's possible though yeah it's possible though alex i think that there could be meat on the bone for this season but still being excited and optimistic about next season yes yes that the two are not mutually exclusive of you can be optimistic about the 2024 parts and think the 2023 parts could have been more it's not too mutually exclusive. We agree. See, we we agree as always, Alex. We agree. You got anything sure. else for everyone? I you know, <laughs> definitions of the word agree. That's how I'm closing this. <laughs> all right, all right. Last, last quick question. A uh, a round of beverages is on uh, is on the line with this one. All right. We'll we'll put your number at seventy two and my number at seventy eight. 500 ball is 75, which puts a smack dab in the middle, which means to get to your number, they've got to have a losing uh, end of the season. To get to my number, they have to be above 500. 
Will you take me on a bet? If they get closer to 78, I, you buy the round of drinks. If they get closer to 72, I'll buy the round of drinks. Sure. I mean, my risk reward here is either getting free beer or, you know, a couple more easy gamers down the stretch. I, I view that as a win-win. <laughs> All right. We're going to virtually shake on it. And the next time I see you, I'll hold you to it. <laughs> All right. All right. For Alex Stump, for DK Pittsburgh Sports, this has been a lot of fun today. I'm Eddie Provident. We will see you next week, same time, same place, on the Pirates podcast to be named later. Later.